Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. You are listening to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer with a sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Sports Network. Listen in as Brent and Dave invite you to belly up to the bar with them to talk about everything in the world of sports, just like you would do at your favorite watering hole. It's sports, beer, and shenanigans, so belly up to the bar with us, grab a beverage, and let's get into it. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast Show 260 on this December 19th, 2022. Brought to you by RocketSports.com. Use promo code 1420ROCK at RocketSports.com for probably around here all your indoor training needs because, man, you ain't doing any backyard stuff around here this time of year. I hope you boys found a a way to stay warm today because here in Lethbridge, man, oh, man, it is bitter. It's so fucking cold. Like on my... (laughs) On my uh, browser, what do I use? I use uh, uh, the Google. I use Chrome. And on that bottom bar, it gives you the, the temperature outside. Yeah. It doesn't even have a number. It's just red. It just it's, says it's don't. Cold. Flashing yeah. lights. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah. It, Crazy. It's so cold. Brutal, brutal. Uh, yeah. For our, uh, I'm just going to just figure this out. For our uh, our our American friends. Whoops, I gotta swap this around. Oh, bad radio. Sorry. Yeah, bad radio. Started, good good start, Dave. Anyways, we'll, starting it out. As, as, yeah. We'll let you figure that out. But yesterday the World Cup, uh, the World Cup ended with a match for the ages. Uh it could be recency bias, but you could rank that up there with one of the greatest sporting events of of, of all time. What a game match, whatever you want to call it that was yesterday. I for first time soccer fans, some guys from people that I, I know, um, they never watch soccer, but their kids are in it now. And so they, they, they were kind of not forced to watch it, but they were, they were happy to watch the match. And they were, uh, it was so unbelievable for a first time, Randy, for a first time soccer, uh, watcher. That was the one to watch because that was a, uh, as Ed Whalen would have said back today, a ring a ding dong dandy. Yeah. Uh, it was off the charts because I think for the most part, people just figured the game was done. You know, because Argentina just clamped them down for 79 minutes, and then all of a sudden, 90, whatever, four seconds later, it's tied up, and it was just, and it was off to the races after that, just back and forth, incredible game. It was something else. Like, yeah, I watched it right from the start. Um, uh, Argentina got that early penalty. And then that other goal in the first half, France was making substitutions 30 minutes into the game, which is really, really rare at that level of play. 
It means we got to change something right fucking now, which they did. Um, they held them. And then it was just, as I was watching that game, like, I didn't think France was able to be dominated the way Argentina was dominating them. And then France got that penalty kick. And then 90 seconds later, it's a brand new ball game. And, and full credit to, to France for, for tying it up like they did. They got the window and they capitalized. But then that's, that shows you what pros Argentina is because that would be so rattling to have momentum switch after you are in absolute cruise control for a half an hour. The, the one thing that I noticed that yesterday was that the, the two big boys showed up at, at the right time, Mbappe, and if I'm saying that correctly, I, whatever, and, uh, and, and Messi, how they just said, I'm here, and this is, this it might be Messi's last international match. Was, there was rumblings around today that it might not be, but, um, for him to, to do what he did, Mbappe to go out there and do what he did, the two big boys showed up on the biggest stage and they delivered and they, for, for both their countries and right to the bitter end, the, like the extra time and the penalties at the end of it and the penalty kicks, the whole, like just so calm and cool. And that was the one thing I, I noticed about Messi's penalty kicks was he was a little too calm and cool and, and caught like a, a tad bit cocky about it, but it was unbelievable how smooth and, and easy that he made that look. Wow. They, they're just at such a, a different level because they're making their decision based on the goalie movement. And that's why they look so they're just waiting to that last split millisecond. Whereas other players are just, I've got to hit it here and hope the hell I hit it hard enough and accurate enough that the goalie can't stop it. So yeah, it was, yeah, how he hit that one in the, the PK round was just holy cow. That is knowing what you're doing to the nth degree. Just and calm and no, like no sign of nerves at all. That, and that, like some of those guys, you could just kind of see it on their face or thinking about it. it. For him, it was like he was uh, having a game of kick with his boy. Like he was so calm. Like the one thing I liked about the way when Messi scored, it was different different times in the game. Like Messi was early when he got his, and then Mbappe to, to get France back in it. But just at the, the calmness, even after he scored, the two difference in uh, in reactions when they both scored on their penalty kicks. It was just because Messi's like, yeah, I know. And Mbappe was running around because obviously you're getting back in the game and getting the ball from the net and the whole bit. The the, the emotion of that game, like I couldn't imagine. Like I didn't have a, a horse in the race or dog in the fight or whatever, but just watching it and watching the, the athleticism on, on that second Argentina goal, the way they moved the ball down the field, that was that was actually like an orchestra. It was unbelievable how they did that. Like it was crazy. Yeah, every pass there was like tw uh, 10, 15 yards in front of the guy, but he was the only guy to be able to get to it. And it started with Messi at, at center. And I don't think on TV it does it justice how fast and how accurate those balls are being played. Like in at field level, it must have just been absolutely amazing to watch because you don't get that perspective watching it on TV, unfortunately. Like the camera work did it a little bit of justice. I know exactly what you're saying, Randy, because like just how the ball was moved like that, and it just I I, I was I like I like a, once again I'm not the biggest soccer aficionado, but watching that was it, it was 
poetic. Like it was unbelievable the way they were moving that ball and the, the way they were in, just in sync and be, and be able to go as and moving as fast as they were. And just, it was in one end and down. Like it would take me a week and a half to run that field. And the way they did it in, in less than 20 seconds, just to be in, out, done, bit, bop, finish, see it. It was, it was, it was crazy to watch. Like crazy. Well, it was what, six or seven, one or two touch passes and they went the length of the field and put it in the net. Like that's just an incredible counterattack that it, it just shows the technical abilities that these players have because even the little toe touch Messi had to get it going was not just someone just putting their foot on it. Like he had a plan where he was putting it and then away they went. And yeah, just absolutely an amazing goal. And, and I, I don't, David, you can answer this probably because he would, Randy was your coach at one time that like, I don't think that is something that you, yeah, you could practice it and you could try and you can coach it, but there's such a level of athleticism there that doesn't even compare to what you, you do in a, in a practice situation. Oh, 100%. Like just his ball handling skills, it, it's like the ball is on a string to his foot. It, it's its amazing. Um, players at that ultra elite level, the, the things that they can do with the ball without even thinking about it. But now, even though he's doing that 60 meters from the net, the fact that he can do it in a quick two-touch like that, when you build that now, like, two more passes and the guy has his kind of break. Well, he didn't even have a breakaway. He had a one touch. Uh, he had a shot. It was on a tee for him to put it in the back of the net five seconds later. But because Messi's not, Messi's not fucking around. He's getting it out so quick. And now that guy 30 meters away is making his run and he's running, which doesn't allow that, uh, that defender like it, there's that there's the five meters head start he has and you're not catching them and so now people that are so highly skilled like Messi, um, the fact he can make those those perfect passes to the outlet guy on a on a split second as opposed to having to actually control it, take a look and do it, but just knowing it, it's kind of like a Gretzky pass. But now he puts it on a perfect tee for the guy to put it on a perfect tee, and that gives those attackers that four or five meters they need that that the defenders can't catch up and if you put it all in two three perfect passes you're digging it out of the back of the net randy what made this match so um offensively charged because most soccer matches don't have that amount of shots and that amount of saves like they and they like say what you want like maybe that's just my um different bias on it but there isn't that many shots usually in penalty kicks and the and the like in, in a in a regular game on a Saturday morning or yeah, on a Saturday morning on the, in the uh, premiership. What made that game so offensively charged? Because there was goaltenders making saves or keepers. Sorry. There's keepers making saves and the, the, that, that save the guy made late in the, uh, in, in the extra time uh, on like that. It could have turned out done. Like, and it was un, like, it was unbelievable. That save that the, uh, I can't remember his name that he made. What made that game so offensively charged? Because usually when you get to a certain level, you need to play a little bit of defense. And there, it didn't seem to be a whole bunch of uh, defense was kind of the, uh, the the afterthought from what I was from what I was observing. I think Argentina did a good job defensively for the first 79 minutes. But <laughs> the, the, the attacking talent 
on that field was off the charts for both teams. And, you know, you, you saw it even with the goal France got up from the PK that kind of got things going. It was something out of nothing. And, you know, those guys can create, they need, just need that one half a chance and it's in the back of the net. And that's what separated the yesterday's game from so many of the others is there was so much talent out there that could just turn the game in a heartbeat. And, you know, Dave mentioned some of the young subs that France made. Those are extremely talented kids coming out there. And the stage didn't seem to bother them at all. And it was like both coaches, after, when it went to 2-2, it was like, well, we got to win this in regulation. And then it was, we got to go all out and win this in extra time because nobody wants penalties. So it was, let's go for it. We've got the talent to do this. Well, that was, that's my next question for you, Randy, was like, like you said before I even got to ask the question, as a coach, you don't want to get to extra because if a goalie makes a save, which is 20% of the time, if that, um, in, in penalties, it's more likely the guy's going to miss than that. You don't want to have, uh, as a in soccer, you don't want to have it a one-on-one situation. Hockey's the same way. I'm glad hockey doesn't have a Stanley Cup champion on a on a penalty shot, but so I understand why soccer does it. Could it, that could have went on for weeks? But yesterday's game, people probably would have wished they would that one would have went on for a few more hours. It was so yeah. great. Uh, as a coach, Randy, like, do you is that what you tell your guys? Like, let's not let's not go to penalties because we could one person could screw this up and then everything you've done to this point it's, it's, it's all for naught. Well, I think when you have two such highly skilled teams like that going at each other, that's your approach. But if you're the underdog, you're probably playing for penalties because you've got nothing to lose there. So, um, you know, you kind of take the approach, we're not going to give any chances at the back. If we can nick one on a counter, we will. But we'll play for penalties. So, um, but the two coaches yesterday, it was obvious they wanted it done in regular time and then in extra time because it was just, the game could have been won so many different times. It was off the charts. No, David, like when I, when I watched it, unbelievable this, what I was seeing and, and the, the saves that go, the, the tenders were making and, and the, the amount of uh, pen, like the, well, the penalty kicks on its own, the aggressiveness of, of, of both teams wanting to win that much and not caring about that, the magical box. Like it was just like, they, it, it, it didn't seem to matter where they're causing infractions. The both teams wanted to win so badly. You mean you're, you're going to, to win the, the actual world championship, not the, Big baseball calls it the World Series, right? So and it's not, but it, like the actual World Championship on the biggest stage, and you got four billion plus people watching this thing yesterday. Uh, it, unbelievable the pressure these guys had had on, and for Messi to be that cool. Where does this put Messi on the level? Like where where, where is he now? Well, that's a golden question because the thing that's always held him back is he's never won a World Cup. So if you look at the awards he's won, you know, I think he's got to be number one. I think what people don't understand is when you look at Pele or Maradona, they were, they were physically abused so much when they played and it was allowed to happen. So they were just, teams just kicked the shit out of them. So 
to do what they accomplished when you have someone doing that every time you have the ball. Like they both played in Italy and Italy is known for the physical play. Same in Spain back in the day. So those guys accomplished so much in much more challenging times. You know, I think the first Ronaldo had the potential to be better than all of them, but he never survived playing in Italy and in Spain. He had so many knee surgeries. He was a, a shell of himself near the end, but you see some of the highlights of the goals he scored and you're like, holy cow, you know, and, and, you know, if, if you've ever watched that Maradona special, oh yeah, uh, like what, what he went through some of his own doing, but <laughs> yeah, also what happened thing. to him and the level he was playing at, like, Oh my God, like what could that guy have done with a nutritionist, with the physical, the the athletic trainers that everybody has available now? You know, even a babysitter to keep him out of some of his trouble. Like, um, but all the everything Messi's accomplished, I think you got to say he's the best now. Dave, we talk with us all the time. I want to look at different athletes because it's hard to compare errors and everything else because of the nutrition and the, the training that they have nowadays and the, the, the like and the, the, the science that's behind it all. But man, what, the, what all those guys were doing out there, that's a whole nother level yesterday, was it not? Like a whole nother level. There was something else, and then, you know, I, I I read a lot on Twitter and and you know just on the radio on the sports shows. I was happy that uh, like my timeline, so many people like that. If soccer, if I, if every game was like that, I would watch soccer every time. Like the fans and and just yeah. it, it's such a special thing when when the biggest game and in, for soccer, it's it's once every four years is the best game and that people are talking and they're buzzing and it's and it draws interest and eyeballs and and thinking now four years from now when canada is a co-host for this this world cup they got a lot of work to do if they want to match those boys yesterday oh without without a doubt but you know like now the target yeah you know and then you know also too in canada's group two of them were world cup semi-finalists so canada uh, two World Cup semifinalists and the second-ranked team of the world, like, like Canada. That's they got what they deserved, right? So, it, it, it's kind of harsh, but you know that's that's also what sports is. You, you're you're not uh, you're not playing at the Y anymore, right? You're you're with the big boys, and this is what big boys do when the when the lights shine the brightest. Yeah, whoever and, whoever had the, the TV deals to get the, the lights shine the brightest and how they figured it out to be at it was 8, 8 a.m. our time, Mountain Standard Time, it would have been 10 a.m. Eastern on a Sunday morning, when especially around here and on the on a Pacific time zone where you wake up, going to watch going to watch the soccer match. It was it went against uh, NFL a little bit, but man, like that that had to have got a lot of eyeballs in North America, which is only going to help the sport around here, Randy. Oh, huge. And you know, I, I was at the soccer center yesterday and every kid was just buzzing about the game, you know. So Canada being there opened the door and got so many people interested in it. And I think it was a, a testament to uh, how Canada did, but also how people realized who they played against, that uh, people were engaged in the whole cup. And, you know, is Messi going to finally win? Like, it was so many of the games were went to penalties and went to extra time in that. So 
it was a very riveting World Cup that just seemed to keep everybody engaged, whereas, I hate to say it, some years it's the games really don't start till maybe you get to the semifinal or the final, whereas throughout this one, the upsets that happened early on, the how competitive so many of the games were, some of the matchups, you know, France playing England, that's a huge draw. So I think just everything lined up so well for this World Cup. Yeah, no, that was a huge draw. I was uh, out and about uh, a couple Saturdays ago when that when that happened there. Uh, was that... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Backstreet West here. And uh, the place was jammed. People were watching it. The enthusiasm that, that was, 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 was behind the games. And having Canada in it early, uh, yes, they lost, but the, the very first game brought a lot of buzz to people who aren't soccer guys. And I, I watched throughout. Like I, I, it was, it was, a, it was a riveting action. It was very, uh, it was hard to, it was must see TV. A lot of the matches, some, yes, I didn't watch, but in general, man, it was, it was unbelievable. Like that, that thing yesterday, I, I haven't seen a championship, um, at that level in a long time. Yes. It's probably recency bias, but yeah, Dave, it, it was, it was unbelievable. Go ahead. It was good, and and you know, back to the point of of what made that game like a goal filled game. I think a lot of credit has to be done uh, given to to the referee of that game too, because don't think he doesn't have a little bit of pressure, and he let him play. He even carded the uh, the guy for diving. Um, he it, it was a pretty rough game at times, and he swallowed his whistle as long as it was fair. He let the he let the let the men play, and and let them decide the game. And I get it. There was three penalty shots, but what do you do? Like at at the end of the day, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. You got to call. Unlike uh, unlike NFL uh, refs who can either throw the flag or keep. Oh, it in last the night that win. was unbelievable. Last we'll night that, that crap we watched. Sure we're oh, I couldn't get, get over that. But Once that, again, I didn't have a dog in a fight now either. Well, that was gross. <laughs> that I think that referee deserves huge credit, and obviously he was the right man for the match because I think he called a hell of a game, and he, he and he let the men play, and and I think it allowed for for more flow, more build, more everything. Whereas, like in, as opposed to every thirty seconds you're stopping for a free kick, it really kills any kind of momentum on either side of the ball. Randy, as a coach, would you would you rather that with an official when he, uh, as long as you know what, like if he sets a tone early, uh, that he's going, okay, we're going to, we're going to let these boys play a little bit. This is for all the marbles. I, and ha, the official isn't going to be the guy to make the decision of who's going to win or lose this game. Would you rather an official be like that or set the tone early by calling everything? Which, which one would you rather have as a soccer guy? I think letting the players play is huge, you know, and, you know, he, he was never noticed or stood out for the wrong reasons. And that's what you want from your referee. hundred percent. Can the, can the guys just play the game? And, you know, I even look at the third goal that Argentina scored, where when I watched it live, I couldn't tell whether the ball had crossed the line or not. 
and he was already pointing at center. Like he, he was on her, yeah. The, on, and even know. the announcers were, were, were like, they, they thought it was offside or a penalty was coming or something. I can't remember what it was, but he was on it. He, he did a yeah. hell of a job. Good point, Dave. Yeah his, yeah, his positioning was phenomenal for so much because, you know, both countries like to try to, to draw PKs by embellishing things, and he wasn't having anything with it, you know, because there was a couple others that were definitely questionable that could have gone to VAR and he didn't even, didn't even consider it. So I think that was a great job by him. That, and that's pretty rare when you, when you got to give a, a ref props because that, that's pressure. When we, when we say, you know, doing a world series of Stanley cup game, this guy literally had a billion people watching him do his thing yesterday. And that's, that takes some confidence and, and and in a sport that's been known for some some odd violence <laughs> over the over the years, and things can go a little bit sideways for players and officials in a, in, a, in, a, in a worst case scenario kind of way. Uh, no, it was it was an amazing match, and the bad not the bad thing, but that uh, gets lost in the whole the whole uh, realm of things is that Mbappe had an unbelievable game, and he lost, and no one's gonna be talking about him tomorrow. Like it's, it's 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 unbelievable. I think they're going to be talking about him again in four years. He's only twenty four, and this is his second World Cup. I think he's already got seven World Cup goals or something stupid like that. Like it's just and but 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 he when when you lose, no one, no one remembers who who lost. I mean, the people remember the game, but it's such an afterthought of how 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 great he was yesterday, and he's he's going to be lost in the in in the proverbial shuffle. Well, you know, you, you could kind of see it because you got to remember the two of them are teammates. So they. I they learned something on the 1420 podcast. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was like Messi does this, and Bobby's, well, I'm going to show the old man how it's really done kind of thing. So uh, on the, the second goal, Messi's not even looking at him, and Mbappe's giving him the fist, like, yeah, we're back in this. It's on, old man. And then, you know, away away they went after that. So, um, but, yeah, he hasn't even reached his peak. Like, uh, if he can stay injury-free, he's going to be in the conversation for, for greatest player ever down the road because he's, he's just so electrifying in how he plays, how he finishes. You know, the, the Argentinians held him down for 79 minutes, and then all of a sudden he gets his game going. He got had his mojo, and, God, there were times they had three, four guys around him, and he was just running by them like they were standing still. Yeah, it was it was it was absolutely crazy, and that save that that Argentinian goalie made. Like I, I I'll geek geek out about goaltending forever, but no matter what sport. But that was that was the most clutch save I've seen since Billy Smith in 1983. Like like un like unbelievable at the time with the with everything down the way he came out and and just because it could have that like he that that that. That France player could have done anything at that point. He could have just lob it over top, but he came out and the way, that that saved, um, well, it saved the World Cup. Like it did. It was at, at, at the time of it makes it even bigger, right? You make that save in the in the first half, ten minutes in, nobody remembers. But at the time of that, if he if he's uh, he'll never have to buy a drink in Argentina ever again. I'm thinking. 
The oh, Richard Verdure pad save in Salt Lake City. Marty Verdure. Marty Verdure. What is, oh, Richard. Sorry, yeah. King Richard was 83 <laughs> Richard, or 82 yeah, of the Canucks. <laughs> uh, my bad. Marty Verdure. Like, yeah. As you were describing that, yeah. I was like, yeah, what else was like that? That that pad save that, that Verdure made in Salt Lake City. Uh, Randy, uh, like, like, because like, I'm gonna ask one last question about this thing, but because I'm like, geek out about goaltenders, like when you get uh, a youngster that, that's playing soccer, or a young Dave Van Robies, do you ever recommend that they play goal, or do you find someone who wants to play goal? I think the when they're young, you want everybody to try and play in net because you never know who it is that, as they progress physically. Yeah, social emotionally, who's really going to become that? Child abuse. Because it's it's not just the ability to to make saves; it's to deal with the pressures that those guys dealt with. And mm-hmm. you know the the Argentinian goalie. I was reading a story today, and when the the new coach took over, he went through seven other goalies before he chose this guy. So like he wasn't even remotely on the radar, but gets his moment. He's got the the mental toughness to deal with it, and you know, look where he is now. He's world champion, and Argentina is world champion because of him. Because, because of him, yeah. You know, did you what see what he, he did? Did. In, did you see what he did with his uh, gold glove when he got it? No, he gave it the the wiener. He, he put it on his crotch and <laughs> oh, give it the kind of give it to Ricky Martin. No one's no one's ever no one's ever accused tenders of being bright, eh? Like there's no getting around that. No matter what sport you're playing, goalies aren't the brightest or they're the charismatic guys. They're a little different. There's no getting around that. Randy, uh, the one thing I want to talk we, we didn't talk about last time you were on a couple weeks back now. Um geez, it's been that long already, 19th of December. Jesus. Um the the one controversy that was happening throughout the World Cup was the the offsides with the, the the camera work and everything else. What were your thoughts on how that was handled? Because it seemed to me that there was um, there was a lot of offsides that were a little ticky-tack, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, but I, I guess with VAR now, they have the technology to show that, and I know for the purist, if someone's one, what's one inch, well, Technically, they're still offside. So the consistency is there. I think what people find frustrating is the consistency was there for this World Cup, but when they go back to their clubs, that consistency is out the window, and that's where I think a lot of the frustration with the system comes. You know, you look at the goal uh, Japan scored where, what, two millimeters of the ball was still on the line, but it was still in. And as soon as, as soon as they showed the video evidence of that, nobody argued about it. You never heard another word about that goal. So um, as long as they can do it to the degree they've done it, I don't think people are going to complain about it. But when it's inconsistent, like it is in some of the leagues, that's what drives everybody crazy. Dave, thoughts? Well, the thing too, it's, it's, I don't know. I can only imagine how expensive this kind of technology is, and and it's good that they use it for the. They're, they're the, okay. They'll be. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I, I'm not worried about FIFA um, not being able to eat with gold silverware next week. <laughs> um, 
It, it just can't like through all the leagues. It, it it depends on what the leagues want to spend their money on. Um, at the the soccer showcase, um, it's it's great. Get these calls right, which they are. Um, and what it is, it's it's not coaches' challenge. It doesn't take long, like no. maybe 30, 30 seconds to a minute, and the calls in done. There's none. That of was one thing that was good compared to other sports. That's one thing that was really good. Yeah, there's yeah. no fucking around. Are, are we right or wrong? Offside, in or out, done. And no bitching and moaning between refs and yelling and screaming yeah. to the line judge. Here's the ball, goal, kick. Let's go, and then that's it. And, and that's that's a good thing about soccer and their their re, their review process. Like there's no fucking around and protracted arguments with the with the coaches. It's well, people don't mind. even know what a catch is in the NFL and still, and they've had the replay system for how long? So we went to a hockey game here in Lethbridge two weeks ago, and there was a review, and they have they the technology was there, and you could see that it was a goal. It took the better part of six minutes for them to decide if it was goal or not. Yeah. And it just it takes it takes a lot out of the game. I'm not a big review guy. I'd rather the referees because that's what they're getting paid to do. That's it's part of the game. So I'm not a review guy. But uh, soccer, like it's a millimeter. You're, if it's if it's off, it's off. And they, they ran with it, and it's a very good point, Randy. Is that they if they they don't if they don't continue to do it and, 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 and push it into the other, into like the premiership or the, the whatever leagues it's people are going to bitch about it. And I think that's the biggest thing. If it's just in every league, that's a major, a major sports thing. We're yeah. talking my, minor soccer, just have it. And this is what it is. And, and then yeah. people, people just get more used to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, greatest soccer game you ever saw. Do you think yesterday? Uh, it definitely ranks up there. A, a game that stands out for me uh, was France-Germany in the semifinal where uh, France was ahead 4-2 in extra time and Germany came back and won. And that was a game just like this one. It was back and forth, uh, extremely hot uh, weather and everything. Uh, but this one, yeah, just the it seemed like so many people were emotionally invested in this. Like I cannot imagine being uh, a French person or an Argentinian. I can't imagine being French either. And to be honest with you, dealing with that game because <laughs> I, I was emotionally burned out at the end of the game. Yeah. And I'm not a supporter really of either country. So being 100% invested, Oh, I, you've probably taken three days off win or lose. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because being the early game, I got up like Sundays are sleep in game uh, day. That's normally uh, um, when we I am in bed at eight o'clock, but got up early to watch it. Well, I didn't get up. Got up at the normal time. Got up early for Sunday to have a coffee and <laughs> and and watch the game. And and Kaylee stayed upstairs and was actually just doing tidying up some emails and whatever upstairs. And she heard me hooting and hollering. And like you said, I didn't have a ho- horse in the race. Either. It's like, oh, well, man, she goes, what's going on? Like, aren't you watching soccer? I go, this is, this is fucking crazy. I've never seen a game like that. Um, but the game that, uh, as far as soccer goes, um, the Canadian women, when they beat Sweden in penalty shots, that was a game. And I, uh, I can't, I can't, I remember the game being well played, but the penalty shots on that, like the emotion I had for that game. Because Sweden pulled ahead, and then Canada's goalie just became a brick wall. 
and and stone sweden and and that's the one where canada won the olympic gold is that the, am i remembering that one yeah. was that for the gold yeah. then that and that just this maybe past year, just, yeah. yeah my national pride just maybe uh put that in my brain as as the most involved and emotionally invested i was into a soccer game but that one yesterday with no emotion whatsoever i was i was riveted and i was involved and i was cheering 1420 Sports Bar Podcast is happy to have teamed up with Ruckin' Sports just in time for the holiday season. With golf, baseball, softball, lacrosse, and soccer training accessories, Ruckin' Sports has all the home or gym training gear you will ever need. Each product is, is designed to stand up to the most rigorous practice sessions. Use promo code 1420RUCK at checkout and receive 10% off your purchase at Ruckin' Sports. Ruckin' Sports was founded by athletes for athletes and all their products are engineered to the highest standards and come with our fair play guarantee and lifetime warranty. Go to Ruckin.com and look for holiday gift ideas for the weekend warrior or the serious athlete in your life today. Once again, that's one four two zero R U K K for 10% off at checkout. When you purchase a Ruckin, you come to win. Yeah, that women's soccer, that soccer match penalties for, for I was listening, I was working and it was uh, listening to radio 960 because uh, TSN and sports, TSN had the rights to the Olympics. Sportsnet commentators couldn't talk about what was happening, but they could, they were kind of sort of describing what was happening. And then they would say, the team that's wearing red and white just scored. <laughs> or yeah, it was, it was actually quite entertaining how they did it. And it's shitty that Canada can't just get their shit together with Rogers and, and whatever it is. No, it was, uh, it was, it was a great match yesterday. Uh, before we wrap up the soccer segment of this thing, we'll start talking about the, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly was with two football games yesterday. Uh, Randy, you watched those two teams play yesterday. Yes. The emotion was high. So they're going to be playing a little bit hard, a lot of bit harder. Um, there's no way two soccer teams could keep that up throughout a, uh, qualifying and reg and, and the and and the like it just doesn't work that way with human beings but uh how far does canada gotta go to even be kind of sort of at that level where they could think maybe we can get to a uh a quarter because uh what what we were watching yesterday we already said it what we we're watching yesterday canada is a long ways away from that sad to say but it's true yeah well i think this is a great starting point for us and you know looking at the engagement the kids had yesterday watching the final if this forces our kids to to get out and play at the parks and play in the streets more and more that's that's what we're missing um there's in these other countries like you look at crazy shits what five six million people and how they have done continually because that's all the kids do they're in the street playing all the time so can we get back to, to doing that, whether it's, well, especially with soccer, but even with hockey, you don't see kids playing road hockey anymore, and we're wondering why we're, we're struggling producing some of the skill we are. So get building on that, and then definitely get the infrastructure going on the men's and women's side. You know, they're, they're just saying there's going to be a pro league for the women, which is huge. You know, getting those things in, that, that creates a culture where more and more kids want to play and want to play more often. They have local role models that they can look up to continually. Um, you know, I saw an interview with John Erdman this week, and he's already saying how many uh, dual nationality 
players are inquiring about uh, coming to Canada to play. So you get a few of those. (laughs) You you get a few of those, and that all of a sudden addresses some of the issues we we were talking about previously, like with a lack of depth in that. So if you can add three or four kids and then have three or four more progress in because of their, their ability and their experience, maybe we're at the quarters. You know, the U.S. made it to the quarterfinals of a number of World Cups ago, so, and I don't think we're that far different from them at all. So you, you get the right draw, get on a roll, anything's possible. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Go ahead, Dave. Do you, do you trust the Canadian Soccer Association to not fuck this up? That's a bit of a loaded question. I, I get it, but like I, I I've no one's listening. Couple, don't worry about it. You say whatever you I, want. To but I've, I've heard a couple. I've, I've read a couple articles and 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 some interviews and on one podcast. There is some questions regarding the uh, the leadership of the CSA, and then like they can't fucking get out of their own way sometimes. And there's there's a big concern that that the CSA is going to try and line their pocket as opposed to capitalize on the opportunity. Well, they almost lost the women's and the men's team with their with the pay prior to because then because didn't because didn't uh, Davies say we're not playing unless we get this and the women better get this as well? Did did that? Am I mistaken on that, Randy? Yeah, they both got improved pay. The U.S. went to a model where everybody's equal. Uh, I'm not sure if the Can- it's like that on the Canadian side, but I think uh, as, as an organization, we went into this World Cup a little arrogant and a little naive in a lot of how we did things. And you know, now they're realizing that our our games leading up to the World Cup did not prepare them the way they needed to. So they've got to address that. We've got to get more high-level games every year, not just leading up to a World Cup. We've got to get our players in higher leagues. That's what's going to allow us to get to the quarterfinals. If we think we can just kind of continue to do what we're doing, we'll qualify, but we'll struggle to win and get out of the group stage for sure. Like The the, the women's game to me is... I wouldn't say light years ahead, but it's quite a bit ahead of the men's game internationally. Is it, is it not? It is. It definitely is. But a lot of the countries, whereas Canada's playing catch up on the men's side, a lot of the countries are playing catch up with the women. And, you know, you look at what Spain has done on the women's side in the last 10 years is off the charts. And there's so many other countries are, that are getting there their federations are putting money in, they're developing facilities. So um, Canada has to continue to do that on the women's side to kind of Or else they're going to not be where they are. That's why this this professional league is so huge for them because instead of our players playing overseas, can we give them proper money to play here? And that opens the door for so many other 
opportunities for training and for friendlies. So, uh, but yeah, we've, we've got a lot of work to do in this country. It's better than it was even five years ago. There's, 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 oh. There's no getting around that. Like it's just it's it's a lot. And then Dave, when when you played soccer, it was a it was almost a forgotten thing back in the in the eighties and and late eighties. Like it was a, not a, not not forgotten, but it was just a a niche sport almost in this country. Well, yeah, a lot of kids played it, but like no one, you didn't have any. We had local role models. Like when I say local, I mean out of Lethbridge. You know, like you know, Randy was a couple of years older than me, and then like there was two three guys. Uh, around Randy's vintage, a couple years older, and that was it, right? And these guys got to go play for the Calgary Kickers for the thing, and that's it. But now you have guys. What's that their like, name? The Kickers? The Calgary Kickers were like the Canadian Professional League. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, quite original, wasn't it? They I remember the moment. Calgary Eighty Eights, the basketball team, and I remember like the, the, the Cannons, obviously, <laughs> but I don't remember the Calgary Kickers. But now, like Lethbridge has Nick Ledgerwood. Like someone who played a career in the Bundesliga, like that's that's immense. Like that's to have someone from Lethbridge, Alberta, whose parents live on the west side, to have him be somebody that the the, the local kids can look up to, and like you can do it from Lethbridge. And now to have Alfonso Davies, like you can do it from left from from Edmonton, Alberta. Like it's it's the realization of the dream is right in front of them. And, and players like that, I think um, can stoke the fire and keep it burning for, for kids to, to make the sacrifice. Uh, yeah, to, and and to matches like that them. yesterday where, where, where kids were waking their dads and their moms up to watch that yesterday to say, I, I really quite enjoy soccer and I want to watch this. And dad, will you watch it with me? Cause the, the guys that I was talking to yesterday there, I know they're not soccer guys at all, but they were sitting up with their kids watching it cause their kids are playing. And then all of a sudden when, when they're talking about the match and this and that and asking me if I saw it, it's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And like, cause, I mean, I would be the last person I would ask if I saw that match personally, but whatever. No, it was, it was, it was great drama. It was, it was riveting. It was actually riveting drama and the action was hot. It was great. No, uh, best, best soccer game I ever seen by, and it wasn't close. Like that was unbelievable. What we seen yesterday, Randy, uh, the one thing that wasn't very good over the weekend, uh, and I had the good, the good, the bad, the ugly, we used to do on a Monday night, uh, uh, to talk about the NFL weekend. There was a good, a bad, and the ugly all in one football game, uh, for a couple of teams. And I, I, I heard you're a Colts fan. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to bring up old wounds because it may be a, the soccer match yesterday. You, you forgot about the football game, uh, that happened on Saturday, but what the fuck happened to the Colts on Saturday? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, when you've got a quarterback that needs his walker to be able to get out of the pocket, that definitely <laughs> isn't helping. But, you know, they're, they just can't get out of their way. And I was talking to a buddy during the game, and I went, you know, if there's a team that's going to blow a 33-point lead, it's this team, because you could just see it. And, you know, we the first half, everything went our way. You know, you block a punt, the font, like Minnesota gave them so many points. And then the second half, oh my God, it was just gave them a bit of life and gave them way too much room. You know, we've got a guy that's never called plays really before calling plays. That didn't help. 
you know, I love Jeff Saturday as a player. I'm not as a head coach. I think all of us could go in there and probably do just about as good. So it's, it is what it is. And I'm just hoping it allows us to draft a quarterback this year. As a Colts guy, what, what do you think is going through the ownership's head and the GM? Well, it's not that, that couldn't be a GM's call to bring in Jeff Saturday as the coach. It has to be the owner. To well, go that's all that. Ursay. Yeah. It has to be Ursay. <laughs> like, what do you think is going through his head at that time? Is it, you know what, I'm not going to hire a coach for, for 10 games and have to pay him $3 bucks where I can get a get a, 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 Hall, of, a Hall of Fame guy, a, a Colts Hall of Fame kind of guy, and just come in, see what we got. He'll just roll up the carpet and whatever we got, we got. Was that the thought process there? Or did, did Ursay actually think that, because they're so, they're, I mean, they, they, they're out of the playoffs, they're, they still, but they got a, they got a chance that still, there's a lot of teams that are, that are still hanging around because they won a couple of games. Like what's going through Ursay's head to hire Jeff Saturday, Peyton Manning center is all what I know him as, um, <laughs> as the <laughs> head coach of a national football league team. Well, I think it, it goes back to last year where they had the meltdown with a few games left where they just had to win one of two games and they're in the playoffs and they shouldn't bet in both of those. And it just seems like it's carried on this year. So I, I, I believe part of Ursay's thinking was I'm going to get a trusted person in there who's going to look at everything and where are the problems? What do we need to change? What do we need to get rid of? What do we need to bring in? Like I, I, in some ways, I think there's a whole big evaluation going on of all aspects of the team because something's not working there. They've got so much talent, and it's just not happening this year. I respect that move by Ursay, though. Like, okay, I don't trust these yahoos I got going for me. I trust this yeah. guy who I've been, I paid for a lot of years. Dave, what's your thoughts on that? Well, like I think we talked about it when he got hired. I think the Saturday hire is a lot like the the Habs bringing in Marty St. Louis last year. It's like someone who's never done it before, but this guy's going to give us a straight dope. Like I might not know how to coach him properly, but I know who's fucking the dog. And whether that be the the backup center, whether that be the towel boy, whether it be the manager, whether it be this, like – this needs to change. Like this guy, this coach wants to be a buddy, not a coach. He's not a fr- he, he doesn't want to rip someone's ass. Someone like that, and you know, in the last season, like the like the Colts had when they when they fired ah, fuck, what was his name again? Not Vrabel. Vrabel's with Tennessee. Frank uh, Reich. Frank Reich. Yeah, I thought he was a pretty decent coach because he went from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Prissett to Philip Rivers to Jarrett Goff in four fucking years. How this how how is he supposed to do anything? It's not his fault. I honestly don't believe that. Um well and, he wanted he wanted Carson Wentz and I, oh, I Wentz, just think yeah. that was wishful thinking that wasn't gonna happen. And I think that's where they lost he lost the trust of the owner because he's said I'll correct this guy, I'll change it and he I went saw to bat for Wentz. Okay. I saw enough left-handed throws last year to just about kill me. So, <laughs> and and then that makes sense. But like there there hasn't been consistency at the quarterback position, which isn't no. unique to the Colts. But that was that was their problem was the yeah. quarterback because you're wasting Jonathan Taylor, and yeah. these running backs don't have ten years anymore. You got your yeah. four, five, four or five. That's window. it. Yeah, and then and then now Taylor's. 
he's not going to be better next year. We know that. <laughs> Gentlemen, I put up on the Twitter machine there earlier on the uh, which NFL team loss uh, was the, over the weekend was the worst way to lose. Was it Indy blowing the big lead? Or was it the way the Patriots lateral mess happened last night? Right now on Twitter, it's a 52% to 48%. People are pretty split on this one. This is closer than the uh, the dishwasher debacle, cutlery debacle we talked about a few weeks ago, Dave. That th- this one is, which which loss is worse as a coach when you, you blow a big lead or when your players do something completely fucking stupid at the end of a game? Because the game was going to overtime. Yeah, you're still going overtime, but which loss is, 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 as a coach, Randy, would you take a little bit harder? I'd take the Raider game because I look at the, the Colts game. It just seemed like the train was going downhill and there was no way. The 18-wheeler was going out of control. Like the, even the, how many calls the refs screwed up in that game that took away two touchdowns from Minnesota. So... It was going south, and in a game like that, there's there's not a heck of a lot you can do. The Raiders game, like I can't imagine Belichick in that dressing room after. Like, what do you even say? Like the the logic, like throwing the ball whatever thirty yards back to the quarterback. Like, what was he thinking? Like, you know. I completely agree with Randy, and and the stakes were so significantly higher for that too. Oh like, yeah, uh, I saw it prob- game probably in, in their playoff hopes. Yeah, but, well, yeah, New England going into that game was a sixty-eight percent chance of making the playoffs, and now they're a forty-four percent chance. Yeah. That's that's big, and and just explain yourself. Explain yourself. I can't. I was just trying to make a play to win. Well, just slow the fuck down. Like, you know, like, what did you think was going to happen? Because <laughs> losing was an option on that play, obviously, and we lost now. Well, it was crazy. That, like, like the, the throwback to the quarterback was awful, obviously. But did you guys catch Matt Jones' attempt at tapping that guy that caught the ball? Like, he, yeah, like, he just waved at him. He, he looked less athletic than I do. Like, it was awful. Like, it was absolutely terrible. Like, this prima donna cocksucker quarterback, who probably gets paid X amount of millions of dollars a year, didn't even attempt to tackle that, that to Las Vegas Raider. It was disgusting. Like, I couldn't believe, like, I was watching it last night, and I went, what did I just watch here? And I, Pete, like, rewound, like, oh, yeah, that really happened. That really, really happened. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, my only defense is, was he in shock? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And <laughs> can't even respond after. That must give uh, Mark Sanchez. He probably sleeps better. Now we can finally stop. The butt fumble doesn't even matter anymore from <laughs> yeah, no, how many years ago not. that was. <laughs> that, was a, well, that was a bad chance, yeah. And the other part of it is, like, New England is always, everybody talks about, oh, it's the system, and we just plug guys in, and they do things. And for New England... To screw it up, like you could probably make a list of fifteen <laughs> other teams that would be at the top. That that's who would do this play, not New England. So I think that even adds another layer to it. It's it's it was so bizarre to see the downfall and like it, 
Tampa didn't have a great weekend. Brady's kind of on the he we, he said he got his uh, a lot of shit going on between his ears right now. But it, it's crazy to see as a yes, Tampa won the Super Bowl without without Belichick and, uh, on at the like. But it's crazy to see how these two forces, which they they were when they were together, how they're kind of just falling apart of the scenes now that, that that is kind of just getting a little bit a little bit out there. Brady's getting older. Belichick's getting older, but because that would that that play yesterday would not have happened if Tom Brady no. was on that team three years ago. It wouldn't. Have. Yeah. They, I agree. Yeah. Like probably a vacuum of leadership on that on that thing, and then especially when you got you know someone like Tom Brady, who like after five years he has three rings, people are going to kiss his ass, and they're gonna they're gonna want his approval. And Brady, no one ever uh, talked about him not being prepared or working hard. I don't know who they look up to in the locker room anymore. And and you can't plug and play that. And then Belichick, I think, is, he's so egotistical. How the fuck did he think Matt Patricia was going to run a decent mm-hmm. offense there? Like, that, like, he deserves all the failure he gets right now for putting this trust in Matt Patricia, where, where this new coach in Detroit with the, basically the same talent it has turned that team around. Six in a row. Six in a row. And they have, who do they got left? They got the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers. They are going to make the playoffs. The I, Detroit Lions. Yeah. No. I like to see that. I, I dig this. I like this team has a bit of mojo. I like their I like their swagger and, and I like the way they, they they approach the game. I have I have no problems with Detroit making the playoffs. And they're gonna have a record with, uh, better than the champ of the NFC South, that's for sure. Yeah. Ooh. That's a rough division, hey. Like Someone's just, gonna host a playoff game with a seven and ten record. Seven and ten record, probably, yeah. There's no getting around that. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 unbelievable, Dave. Your Denver Broncos. Uh, even a blind squirrel finds it not once in a while. Well, they did it yesterday. Uh, old Krusty Rusty was on the sideline watching. Um, obviously, too little, too late. Wins a win. Um, what I hope comes of this, I I want Hackett fired. I wanted him fired a month ago. If they don't fire Hackett, whatever. But hopefully this is the kick in the balls that both Hackett and Wilson need to say, like, it, it's not this fucking hard. Let's let's stop overthinking this and do it because you don't become shitty like Russell Wilson did. There's something wrong. There's some kind of disconnect. And I would like to see something click between those two. And or hack it, get fired. We're stuck I, with, we're, I, we're stuck I, with, dis- with I disagree 100% with what you just said there. I'd rather have what, what Randy's team, the Colts have, where their coach is a dead man walking. He doesn't even probably want to coach next year. And they're seeing what they got. If Hackett goes out and wins a couple more games this year, then then he's going to be the, the head coach for your Denver Broncos next year. And they're going to have a 6-11 record again. He's the problem. But if, if, you, if you win, because you don't want to pay these owners, they, st- they still don't like losing money. They don't. They're billionaires, but they don't. They're not going to want to pay a coach and another coach and another coach and another defensive blah blah blah. That is false. Whereas yeah, Ra- that, no, that, I, no, I, th- okay, I think that I think that Randy, his, his the, the Colts have a situation where the, the, they know that, the, that their guy's not coming back next year, and they see what they got. They know they're shitty. 
your team goes out and wins two or three more games, well, maybe we're not that bad. I disagree. Um, but like when you when you say the, the I, I was I read an article today, the NFL head office sent a reminder out to owners. Hey guys, over the last five years, you guys as owners of teams have spent eight hundred million dollars on coaches that that are and staff that aren't working for you anymore. Eight hundred million bucks for people for ex employees. And so I don't know, maybe as a new owner, this Walton, maybe like I don't like Hackett. Like I want him gone. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making If he a play wins, for him. they'll keep him. I sure as fuck hope not. I hope not. Randy, what would okay, which Randy, which team would you rather have in be a fan of right now? Your Indianapolis Colts or or Dave's Denver Broncos? Oh my God! I've been a Colts fan through the some of the meanest years in sporting franchise history. So that that's a no brainer there. I I just can't handle Russell Wilson and his attitude and his approach. Like you see his teammates on the sideline screaming at him, like those aren't words of love they're saying to him. So he's just. You know, he's got his trophy wife and things that seem to have kind of gone to his head almost. He ain't a locker. He ain't a glue guy. That's for sure. Let's ride. Let's ride, Dave. Let's ride. Fuck. And unless you can win, that's the only thing that's going to glue that team together. And he ain't doing that. No, it's absolutely crazy with the NFL season turning out. Uh, We're 16 weeks, 15 weeks into this thing now. Who do you guys both got win the Super Bowl right now? Oh boy! I think it's I think it's Casey. If if Casey can finish, because I think they've got to play San Diego yet. So if they can, uh, if they can have home field advantage through the the playoffs, I go with Casey. I can't imagine anybody playing in Buffalo though in the playoffs, which. What the weather was like on the weekend in that snowball fights the whole bit. Um, well, at least there were no dildos thrown in the end zone this time. So. Um, you know, I, I well, it I is still Christmas season, Randy. <laughs> I still don't have enough faith in Philadelphia. I think their their schedule has kind of done them a lot of favors. Um, I and think quarterbacks be, hurt. Yeah, KC and then Buffalo are my two choices. I, I just hope to hell we get to see KC and Buffalo play in the AFC yeah. Championship game again. That because that was that was a football game better than a lot of Super Bowls. It was yeah. so fun to watch. It was similar to the World Cup game we were just talking about. Because the as the clock was getting closer to zero, just more and more plays were being made. And so I think those are the two, if not the best, the most exciting dynamic teams offensively that that i've seen in a couple of years i i still think i said a few weeks back on the show here i i think that patch mahomes got sick in the offseason hearing where all these other other quarterbacks how great they were and mahomes is having a season hold my beer i'm going going to go do this I, and he's he's on like yes they, they struggled with the texans yesterday but i still think he's going to come out he's still i think he's still the best um not the quarterback but he's the best athlete at the quarterback position and I, I think that he's going. He's still on on a bit of a mission this year. Saying, "Look out! Watch me go." And I, I still think I, I don't trust Buffalo because I, I and if I, do, I don't trust 
those cold weather teams for some reason. I just it's I, I just think that Kansas City with Mahomes is still the the, the team to beat and the, the way they go. Yeah. That's my thought. I don't know. Dave. And 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 well, the NFC. I don't think I. The only chance an NFC team is like just the any given Sunday rule. Like San Fran's San Fran's real, Philly's real. The rest of the NFC is an absolute fucking joke. They're an eight and eight. AFC. You know who could be an X factor in this whole thing? And it was it picked up at the trade deadline. Christian McCaffrey with San Francisco. That could be an because that guy's a difference maker. He's yeah. real good. With a with a coach that knows how to get the ball into playmakers' hands, right? He was being wasted in Carolina, and they don't they don't need a and it kind of goes to show. And we talk about off air how you don't really need a goaltender; you still need a goaltender not to lose. Same with a quarterback. Don't make fuck up. Don't fuck things up. They have their third or fourth string big cock Brockler. They're calling him now. San Fran is is for real, and McCaffrey could be that guy to just go okay here, and he'll get his next million billion dollar contract, right? Like it's it's unbelievable what the, what that that guy can do. And San Fran's right there, and the NFC is weak, and they have a pretty clear clear path to to the uh, Super Bowl. Really, just depends how long Debo's out and how healthy he will be when he does come back, because he adds just another element to that team. His versatility and toughness yes. and yards after catch, yeah. Debo's a difference maker. Yeah, but you have uh, Debo and McCaffrey um, get the ball in their hands and, and anything can happen. Yeah. Randy, you going to stick around for a little bit of who is better? Pretty simple. Sure. Yeah, why not? Who is better? We'll do a Christmas edition of who is better. Really easy. I gave you two two names. Could be two songs, two people, two fictional characters. You you tell me, you and Dave tell me who is better. But first off, I got a, a Christmas question for you. Why the fuck is Frosty the Snowman a Christmas song? They don't once mention Christmas. You can build a snowman in in February. Why is Frosty the Snowman a Christmas song? What else are you going to sing it? February. Ski Hill. So just a winter song. Yeah. I guess it's a magical story, so magic happens at Christmas. I don't know. Kids like it. Well, they can like it in February when they're on winter break, making a snowman. I don't know. Well, you're right. You know, the Beach Boys should be just summer music, too, right? They're a one-trick pony. Well, actually, number five on my... uh, (laughs) I'll let you go. My Who is Better Christmas edition. Uh, What song is better? The uh, Bing Crosby, David Bowie edition of Little Drummer Boy or the Beach Boys singing Little St. Nick? Randy, you go first. I got to go with... uh the Bowie version, just the contrast in uh, styles back then, you got to go with that one. Because that, uh, whoever thought of that, whatever they were drinking, they should have bottled it because they'd be millionaires. My brother's favorite Christmas song, he actually complained the other day yeah. to me. He called me, he goes, I haven't heard that song yet this year. And I said, well, do you have Spotify? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, play it then. It Dave, I, I, I 100% agree. Like I, I, How you got those two in the same room, uh, put got Bing to put down his bottle and uh, Bowie to put down whatever the fuck he was doing at that time, and uh, it was kind of a handing of the torch, but over a, a wholesome little tune. Yeah, the the Beach Boys Christmas song. I I don't think I'd know it if you hummed it to me. 
You don't know what you're missing, man. That thing is legendary. I love that song, Little St. Nick. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, I, yeah, I think I Christmas comes one time. Yes. Is that See? that one? That's that one. I love, oh, I love okay. that, too. That's a great one. Uh, number two on the list, boys, uh, White Christmas or Blue Christmas by Elvis. I'm not a huge Elvis fan, so I'll go with uh, White Christmas. Yeah, I kind of agree, too. Like, uh, Elvis, you're trying, I get it, King. But uh, but White Christmas is a, is a classic, and Blue Christmas, you're just, you're just trying a little bit there, E. Yeah, I, I, I like the White Christmas song, but I, the Blue Christmas one, I'm going to go with that one. It's a little, I think Elvis, he could do no wrong in my world. He's, he's pretty fantastic. Uh, you too, baby, please come home. Or do they know it's Christmas time? The uh, by Band Aid back, I think it was '83 with the British, uh, the British people. You, know, you guys remember that one? It's right. That's right in your vintage there. Yeah, Which I one's do remember better, that you one. Two, or, or do they know it's Christmas? It's probably just it's on right now somewhere, guaranteed. I'll go first. Like me, it's like uh, do they know it's Christmas time? Is one of my all time favorites. That's a top five for me of the moderns. It it's, it 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 was. It was revolutionary, like with with people getting together for a cause. Bob Geldof was the one who did it, and you know, and that was my genre too, because you had um, you had Bono in it, you had Ozzy in it, you had Duran Duran in it, you had Banana Rama in it, you had a fucking Paul Young. I think you opened it up. Paul Young, Phil Collins, yeah, and I actually saw a thing on Twitter. They were boy George uh, behind the scenes. Boy George, a Christmas, a Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for me that's a that's an absolute no brainer. Give me band aid all day, Randy. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, how they pulled it all together on such short notice. Uh, the people they had there, the cause, everything. You know, it still rings true today. So it's just great. That, that, a good baby, tune. that baby, please come home is a good tune by you too, though. I love, I'll play that one in July. I love that song. Well, then do it, man. Well, I but do. It's I, just, I don't need yeah, permission. Yeah, I do. You, I, it's, I love that song. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> now we'll get into some Christmas characters, Christmas movies. I haven't watched a whole bunch of them yet. Uh, I'm heading out to Vancouver Island on Thursday, so that's probably when we'll start. So I'll have to battle the airport. I can't wait for that on on Thursday morning. That'll be a blessing uh i heard it was a wreck this morning i heard it was awful in calgary like people were missing flights on the phone with oh just horrible but well, are you driving to calgary or flying from lethbridge driving to calgary there's nothing out of lethbridge blah 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 it's a long sorted tale but christmas movies anyways who is better cousin eddie or clark griswold <laughs> Gotta go with Chevy Chase. I I, I agree with Randy because cousin Eddie's an absolute meathead. <laughs> like like with with no sense of self, total co comedic relief. Like shitters full with the house coat and and rubber boots on or whatever he was doing. That made me laugh out loud. Don't get me wrong. And uh, it's uh, it's but you know cousin Eddie has his role, but Clark Griswold had a. He was trying to make it work. He wasn't just there for a free meal. 
Yeah, just the, the whole thing with Clark, how it always hit. It's just he tried so hard and it just kept going sideways every time. It just it doesn't go right. No, like it's the poor guy. Even back in his vacation, like the, the, the original vacation days, where he's just it just didn't go right for him. Last one, boys. We'll call her a night. Uh, who is better, Ralphie from A Christmas Story, or Kevin McAllister from the Home Alone franchise? Home Alone's a Christmas classic. Got to go with Kevin. Ralphie. Ah, that is a pretty good one. I do like Home Alone as a Christmas movie better than I do like uh, Christmas Story. Um, Kevin has a lot more moxie. I, I think uh, Ralphie would have would have would have just been a puddle if he would have found himself alone. Um, <laughs> And, and and so I'm gonna, but he really wanted that gun and got the gun. But then he did shoot his eye out. Like so, fuck that. Like sorry, sorry, Ralphie. This one goes to Kevin because he fought off uh, the wet bandits for a whole night there. See, I don't know how much I would have liked um, Kevin McAllister though. Like I think he would have been a little prick. I wouldn't have liked him very much. <laughs> Like you, I don't think we would have gotten along at all. Like we we're the same age. Like I, and me and Ralphie, we probably got a would have hung hung out. And then he didn't never sold his buddies out when he got his his friend got his uh, tongue stuck to the pole. He's like they, they, he looked around. He didn't sell anybody out. I and I respect Ralphie for that a lot. Where whereas Kevin was a shit disturber. He got sent to his room, ran away, did this. I got to go with Ralphie on this because I think that Kevin McAllister was a little prick. You That's made a smart. good argument. You know, you you honestly did make a good argument. But as a but as a as a movie, and then when Ralphie kicked that bully's ass, and that he was, was like, awesome. And he got his mouth washed up with soap, like the old schoolness of uh, Ralphie. You kind of like there too. I like Ralphie for sure. <laughs> I love that stupid movie. That's such a dumb movie. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like just a fun Christmas movie, whatever. <laughs> Anyways. Boys, uh, you guys, uh, Randy, uh, we won't talk to you again for who, God knows how long. We'll talk some, bring you back maybe in the, uh, the new year. We'll talk some more soccer and see how things are going with you. But uh, you have yourself a Merry Christmas. a fun show to have you on. Talk some Colts. Talk some World Cup soccer. And then you joined in the, the Who is Better. Thank you very much yeah. for joining us. And uh, it was a great show. Dave, thank you very much uh, to you as well. It was a, a lot of laughs. I'm glad you guys got uh, the day was your idea to get uh, Randy on. And I appreciate it very much because the, the soccer conversation kind of, kind of uh, got me more involved in the game and got, brought a bunch of new listeners into the, uh, the 1420 sports bar podcast. We, uh, we appreciate it very much. No, that okay. game yesterday, that, that, that one's going to go down. That's going to go down for the ages. It, one of the age for the ages. It, it is. It was unbelievable. Randy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, if that hooks people into soccer, it's a great way to do it. So, um, but uh, no, thanks for having me on for all these guys. Appreciate it. And uh, hope you get some time to relax and enjoy the, the holiday season for sure. Well, I got to watch yeah. fucking Home Alone and fucking Christmas Story over and over. You'll have time. Don't be bitching. But also, too, Randy and I are in the same fantasy thing. Both of us were successful in our first round of the yeah. playoffs. Oh yeah, Randy, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, Randy is stacked. He like uh I, I like his odds. Like there's there's four of us left. I am way down here. I, I snuck one out by the skin of my teeth on the weekend. Uh, uh the guy the guy I beat 
He had the running back from uh, from uh, the, the from the Commodores that who's who got called back with that bullshit penalty on the not on the line of scrimmage. He got absolutely horned by uh, the guy I was playing, and but I won, so now I'm in the second Two round. Points, yeah. <laughs> so so we'll have to talk fantasy a little bit next on on Thursday. Fantasy football. Do you guys even watch the game, or you just watch points as the, as the day, day goes on? Both. Uh, yeah, uh, I watch I watch football. Then, like after the games, I'll just take a look at the scores, and that's it. But I was because it was such a close game, and it was the playoffs, and it was Sunday night. So, and that was the only thing I had. Daniel Jones as the only player I had left going into that was Daniel Jones. The only player he had left was that Washington Junior. I Washington Brian Mitchell. Brian Mitchell Jr. Yeah, he. So it was. It was like a head-on-head matchup, and it was uh, whoever did, basically did better won the won the game, and and I squeaked it out by that much. It was unbelievable. No, because like, I don't play fantasy. Like I, I don't like. I, I, but to be able to do this and that, and that I, I couldn't like it because I get so involved. It, I, it would overtake the rest of my life, which is kind of yeah. But it would be just. I couldn't do it. Like it's just too too much overload. You'd figure it out. No, I wouldn't. It would drive me absolutely <laughs> nuts. It would drive me absolutely bonkers. Well, it's fun, and yeah. uh, and I took out a big boy. Like he had a chance to win too. There, the the top four seeds were the, are the best four teams in the league, and I got lucky. So when you go, okay. So how does the pool work? We also we're going a little bit. Who cares how long it goes? No one's listening, anyways. But whatever you can. So do you accumulate points? Is it, is it progressive, or now you get to start fresh next week? Fresh next week. Yeah, but you set a starting lineup. You have whatever fourteen guys on your team, and you have a starting eight, and so your bench points don't count. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, so no, who, I, no, I yeah, know how fancy yeah. works. I'm just. Yeah, and then so now, and then so you set your lineup and and l- let them buck, and we'll see what happens. Brandon, you, are you going to win? Uh, be you don't need to be modest. Go ahead. Yeah, I like my chances, but it never fails. Yeah, I don't want to overthink it, so I'm not probably not going to do much with my lineup because it never fails. Whenever I overthink it, it screws me in the the pooch. So um, no, I. I've got Mahomes. I've got Eckler. I've got you Justin win. Jefferson. You're winning. So. No, no, those three. He has two horses: Eckler, uh, Jefferson, and Mahomes. So yeah. even like one of them can have an average day, and he's still going to get thirty points out of one of them. I don't have that option, especially with Lamar on the bench. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that too. Anyways, thanks for joining us tonight, boys. It was a fun show. Got a lot. To, I don't think we accomplished anything, but we uh, we uh, we had a few laughs, and that's, that's the biggest thing. That's the most important thing of these shows. But anyways, the fourteen twenty Sports Bar Podcast. More beer sports talking a whole lot more. Uh, take care of each other, but more importantly, take care of yourself. Uh, keep your stick on the ice. And what else, Dave? Don't swing at high pitches at anybody. Or Jim, sorry, I mixed up my thing. Don't swing at high pitches, Jim. Everybody, have a Merry Christmas. Randy, Merry Christmas to you and Dab and the kids. You, Brent, travel safe. It's not going to be fun, but don't go all planes, trains, getting to to Parkland this weekend. I am going to guarantee you that I probably get a little upset at the airport on Thursday. 
Make sure the other half has her nicotine, eh? She quit? I know, but like, get her the gum. Get her oh, the it's all up there. Like, oh, Jesus, do you put someone nick fitting in a crowd in a uh, tube? Yeah, it she's liable to scratch someone's eyes out. It ain't going to be good, but we'll make it. Anyways, we'll talk to you guys <laughs> later. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 